Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. On a very fine day in 1799, Conrad Reed, the 12-year-old son of farmer John Reed, went fishing one day in Little Meadow Creek on the family farm in Cabarrus County, North Carolina. Of course. Conrad noticed a 17-pound rock. It was an interesting and different yellowish color. He lugged it back to the family cabin. His dad agreed it was odd yet interesting. They decided not to get rid of it, and based on their own image of the stone and their own intelligence, they declared it a doorstop. It sat there. It had been told it was a doorstop, and was supposed to do doorstoppy things, and it learned well what they said it was. It was a very effective doorstop. Three years later, a jeweler came out of Fayetteville and identified the rock as a large, pure gold nugget. He told John Reed to name his price and Father John, lacking intelligence and lacking the true image of the stone, not knowing the value of gold, asked for what he thought was a hefty price of a week's wages, which was $3.50. Awakened and aware, he now hatched an idea, and he acted on it. Hey, maybe there's more of that stuff laying around, and he organized a small gold mining operation. Soon a slave named Peter found a 28-pound nugget. Today, those two rocks would be assigned a value of well over $550,000 and $1 million, respectively. Things blossomed. John founded a mining company. He kicked off what was actually our nation's first gold rush, and he died a fulfilled man. His destiny the destiny of those he cared about, and the generations that followed utterly shifted. How? Well, that's the subject of today. Awakening. Awareness, alignment, action. Conrad noticed the unique and the beautiful. He acted out of curiosity. And three years later, John was awakened. His image of the stone shifted. He became aware there was an intelligence and an intent for the stone way beyond what he knew. He aligned with that. He unearthed truth, and he acted on it. I just wonder, what's 28 plus 17? Those of you who know me know that I'm terrible at math. 45 pounds of pure gold. I wonder how many necklaces and rings and gold pocket watches and 
rims around China and things could you could make out of 45 pounds of gold passed down generation to generation, treasured by people who have no idea where it came from. Have you heard of AI these days? Artificial intelligence? Today I hope to help the Holy Spirit create in you a hunger to urge you and help you become a deeper disciple, to connect with your Heavenly Father, the ways and things and culture of heaven, and to activate that in your lives. You see, because most of us are outlaws to some degree or another. We're outlaws from the truth. Now, outlaws in the world, what happens to them? We chase after them, we capture them, we pen them up, and we punish them. What does God do with outlaws? He chases after them, he attracts them, he captures them, and then he redeems them, and then he releases them into destiny. That's what God does with outlaws. We're fugitives from truth. Today, I really hope that I can help the Holy Spirit invite you home. Past two weeks' messages play directly into this. They talk about beauty, the beauty of your Creator, the beauty that He created you. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to those two brief messages. They're on our website, joychurch.life, and so are all the visual aids. Anyway, back to AI, artificial intelligence. Now, my whole background is not leading ministries or churches. My whole background is business, and most of that time was spent in technology, and not just any technology, fairly high technology. The technology that most of us are completely unaware of, that drives the whole internet, that drives big corporate networks, that actually makes all of the things that you take for granted work. And it's not magic. So, I guess I could say that I'm was very aware of the advent and the growth of what's now called artificial intelligence years ago. In fact, in the business that we had, we actually created it years ago because we were very good at creating things like automated processes and algorithms and those kinds of things that helped companies drive the technology that underlies the Internet and, again, large networks. But you see, artificial intelligence, in a way, that's a complete misnomer. In a way, that's a lie, because it helps us to believe it's not real. It, it's very real. And it can be used any way that any highly evolved group of men and women and people and corporations want. And it is being used that way. Oh, it's not artificial at all. It's very real. It's very purposeful. Some would have you believe it's not sentient, it can't think on its own, it can't learn on its own, even that's not true. I'm not scared of it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, let's not be sleepy. Okay? Okay, that's artificial intelligence, but what about SI? AI, SI. SI, self-intelligence. What about MI, me intelligence. What about SI, social intelligence? What about DI, intelligence that actually gets into your mind from the enemy of your soul, devil intelligence? MI, 
who I think I am? Am I who you think I am? Am I who I think you think I am? Where does my intelligence, my identity, my image come from? Who told me this? Well, it's OI. You could say that's a zero and a one, if you want. But God's way beyond zeros and ones, isn't he? The digital age. Original intelligence made you. (laughs) Original intelligence, original identity, original image. It's the only one that truly matters. The image, the intelligence, the identity that the originator had in mind for you when he created you. Now, there are dozens of scriptures that tell us what OI is, straight up, head-on, directly, and clearly. There are hundreds more that expand on what that means. Many of you know that I'm pretty hopelessly a Bible nerd and kind of theologically oriented. But today, let's just focus on two short, simple, back-to-back verses. Is that okay with you? And here they are. This is slide two. They're not out of context. This is right from Romans chapter 8. It's very appropriate. And in fact, if you read Romans chapter 8 from beginning to end slowly and carefully, and you get to chapter 5, you begin to see this. You get through 6 and 7 and the first part of 8. You build up to this and you realize, wow! That's what happened to me. This, and then when you when you begin to grasp these verses, thirty-one and on through thirty-seven and on through nine, chapter nine and all the way through sixteen, that just lights that whole thing up. But today we're going to zero in with laser-like focus on these two. Verses. Here's the thing about this. We must, must get this if we expect to navigate, let alone conquer and thrive, the times and culture in which we live now and that which is coming. You know what's even more important than that? I don't hear any voices. Do you know what's more important than that? No, the crowd says, no, I don't. Well, good, I'll tell you because... <laughs> we must learn this and 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 live it so that we can impart and plant and sow this into the younger people who, around us whom we care about and love and run into the generations that follow us you are challenged by this intellectually most of you this is like going to be what people younger than we are Gen Y, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, the one coming up, they're challenged about this way more than intellectually. They're challenged around this completely existentially. They have no grid for learning this because of the deterioration of the family, because of how schools have changed, because of the way that the, the directions and and uh, this what what the church now perceives its its vision and its mission actually and it's not 
Where are they going to get this? Where are they going to live it? Where are they going to understand it? Where are they going to receive it? Where are they going to be? Where are they going to blossom into this? Well, it's got to be us. It's got to be you and me. We need to be looking at people who are younger us than us and around us in a completely upgraded, replaced, New Testament, new creation kind of way. That's why this is so important right now. We need to connect others with this truth. We cannot, we cannot hook up that which we don't have. This truth, it is core. This truth is existential. This truth is DNA level. You know, all the time in this place, you'll hear somebody saying Matthew 6.33. Whatever you do, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Everything, everything, everything. Jesus plus nothing is everything. What is the kingdom of God? Our definition is very straightforward. It's when, where, and how and why you have the manifest ruling presence of Jesus the Christ, there too is the kingdom. That is the kingdom of God. It's in you. It's in our midst. We just need to bring it. So those of you who will listen to this by the recording, you might hear something in the background. I'm going to read these scriptures aloud. I'm going to ask the audience to do so as well. Let's read the more classic uh, version, which is in pretty much all contemporary Bibles, which is the first phrases. Ready? Read. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. And now let's read it in the uh, Brian Simmons team's exegesis. Ready? Read. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his Son. This means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Rhetorical question, not requiring an answer. How can we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness if we don't know it's already available? He transferred his righteousness. It's here, it's now, for those who will make him the Lord of their life. Yield. Be grown into disciples and obey his beauty, his ways, his truth, his life. I'm fixing to blow this up for you. I'm fixing to magnify it. Are you ready? Let's see slide the next slide, please. The truth is, Mr. and Mrs. Doorstop, Mr. Miss and Master Doorstop, the truth is, you were, 
you are foreknown by God. Before time began, before the very foundations of the earth, up until now and the future. God's time is within God. Time is not linear. Time is circular. This is always true. You were, you are foreknown by God. Yeah, the Bible says so, but it says so in more than one place. And those verses that confirm that you can find at the bottom of the screen. And these slides are always available when you go back and listen to the recording. You can see these verses. So, past, present, future, eternally, and within time. (laughs) You're an idea that God dreamed up and manifested. I'm just going to sort of I can't really drop this mic, so I'll just let that sit for a minute, let you marinate. That's truth. Mr. and Mrs. Gold, treasure. (laughs) You, You know what else? Next slide, please. You were predestined by God. You are predestined by God. You were designed. Part of the original language indicates that you were one of a kind. You were once, at, you are once in an all of history event. Only one time in the universe will you ever occur. Put your palm out in front of you. Look at the lines. Look at the, look at the, uh, Wrinkles. <laughs> Don't look at the age spots on the back of your hand, John. Look at the palms. Let's get uncomfortable. Take a hard, close look at the person across from you at the table at the iris of their eyes. Look close. Look at the color of their eyes. Look at the design of that iris. Never in the history of the universe was that iris created before, nor will it ever be again. In the original language, this also means that you were sealed by God. Not only did he think you up around time, before time, independent of time, and in time both, he said, oh, that worked out well. He, she is beautiful. I am going to seal that work. Wow, I love that. That's what Abba says about you, over you, into you. He put his mark upon you and me. Oh, but he doesn't stop there. Next slide, please. Every one of you, every one of me, all my multiple person. No, I shouldn't admit that. Um, (laughs) you're called by God. Yes, it means that you have a call on your life. He has a purpose. He has a destiny. Yes, it does mean that. But you know what else it really means? In the source language, in the original Hebraic, Aramaic, and Greek context, you know what else it means? Oh, this is so good. 
It also means, Abba says, come here. Come here. Oh, come here. Come here. I'm calling you. I'm calling you into who you are. I'm calling you into destiny. You are my own. I love you. I want you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. Oh, if you only knew what I really think of you. Come, come, come. Come to me and you will become what I called you to be. Come to me. Come to family. Come to presence. Come to proximity. In proximity, everything can be found. Authority, power, identity, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 14. Everything is found if we just say, okay, because you are called. He's calling. Call to him. Call to adoption, the Bible says. Call to the body itself, the Bible says. Interconnected, interwoven. Called beyond Male, female, Greek, Scythian, Jew, male, <laughs> you're called to your new birth, new creation, Second Corinthians 5. You're called, you're called to become, to come and to become. Again, you don't have to believe me. Just look up the rest of the verses. He's still not done. The more we realize that, the more we begin to understand at a soul level, at a spiritual level, down to our toenails and past that, that we are actually justified. What does that mean? It means he transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. It's based on Jesus' performance, Jesus' works, Jesus' perfect life, his death, his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. He did it all. All punishment was taken care of. In the kingdom there is now therefore no condemnation, no punishment, no punishment. He took it all. Oh, there's a day coming, but it's not yet. Oh, and God's going to get back to the punishing business. It's not going to be you. He does, though. All punishment is meted out. I, now, anybody else grow up in a crime and punishment household? Anybody else grow up in a crime and punishment culture around you, in school, or in your job, or... In your everyday life, as a new creation, that is not your residence anymore. You are a citizen of heaven. And as a citizen of heaven, everything about you, the new reality, is you don't live that existence anymore. And you don't look at other people or situations or circumstances or the world around you or whatever nation you happen to be in, whatever passport you carry. That doesn't apply to you anymore. Oh, you got to live in it. You got to figure out how to deal with it. You got to figure out how to exploit it. Absolutely. You're a denizen of that region, but, or that realm, but you're not a citizen of it. Punishment is not the system. Power and violence no longer rule. The world, no, for you, no longer turns on an axis of power and violence. The world now turns on an axis of love. 
you bring it to the planet because he has transferred his righteousness to you and you are being conformed to his image. You are modern day outlaw. But when you mess up, you don't run from Abba, you run to Abba. And if you don't have a tribe that you can run to when you screw up, change tribes. Go find the tribe you can run to that says, oh yeah, that was really idiotic. I don't know why you did that. I don't know what you were thinking at the time, but let's figure out what you were thinking and how you acted that way and why you chose that. Man, let's dust you off, fix you up, get you restored, get you free, get you equipped, get you empowered, and get you back on track. That's the culture that we do create because we're supposed to, because Abba did, because Jesus paid for it. Run to Abba, run to the tribe that behaves that way. Does that mean, what if my own biological family is still in the crime and punishment world? What if they have not discovered what I have discovered? Well, we honor and honor and they're not mutually exclusive. I hope that sunk in somehow. That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> this is the craziest to me. This is the craziest part of all. Once I get past all the stuff I just said, check this out. Next slide. Wait a second. I know that God never gives his glory. Oh, yeah, that's probably true, but he does share it. It's still his glory. But he puts it in you. Once again, hey, don't take my word for it. Just read Romans 8.30 in every translation that you possibly can and then take a look at these other scriptures. God will not give away his glory. Absolutely not. But he will gladly, Luke 12.32, gladly share it. Eagerly share it. What does that mean? means the very radiance, the very brilliance, the very power of God, the more is yours, the more that we are in Christ, following Christ, disciples of Christ, the closer we are to God. And the closer we are to God, the greater is our measure of his glory that he will share. I can trust you with more of my glory, God says. So with glory comes authority, comes power, comes freedom, comes all the things that we so desperately innately seek. All power, all glory is found in proximity. So, I keep telling you, this seems too good to be true. Surely that old guy up front must be making some of this stuff up. Well, maybe not. Next slide, please. Here's some bonus scriptures. I read, reread these last Friday morning. Day before yesterday, and I just, I started weeping by what they said. So I'm, I'm daring you. I'm challenging you to take in, to inherit, to assimilate, to adopt these truths, not just once, but continually. I'm daring you to add in, lovingly daring you to add in the scriptures on the screen and 
Here's the thing. See, life, the limits of our own intelligence and the original liar, life, limits, and liars constantly work to convince us we are doorstops. Our souls align with that. We even can become effective and good at what we are being and doing. We can become great doorstops. And all the while, our spirit says, is this all there is? Surely there must be something richer, something deeper. Surely I belong to and with more. Your creator, Jesus the Christ, put that inside you. And he says, yes, it is I, he says. It is, I am the one. Even better than that, I am the I am who created you. I love you. I believe you. I am with you. I am for you. So I'm just going to drop this right in the middle of you on the tabletops. I have asked some ushers, my two ushers. I didn't want to, I wanted to help you out. So my two ushers will be bringing to each table a printout of those six important slides that showed those scriptures. You can look them up and talk about them, or you can just reread the two Romans verses. And then let's see the tabletop instructions. I'm asking you to the very best of your ability to yield to truth and align with original intelligence. That's what I'm asking you to do this morning. So your two tasks at the table are, what stands out to you from today's messages and any of the verses that you happen to look up and read aloud? What stands out to you? Did you get any ahas, any revelation? What stands out to you? And then the second task, and this is the one that's going to stretch you a little bit. I'm not a dictator. I'm not your boss. But I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to absolutely demand of you lovingly that you then out loud hold up the little piece of paper and declare about yourself, declare into yourself, and declare over yourself these truths. And the bulleted points, and look right at your neighbor with that pretty iris in their eyes and say it out loud, prophetically. Holy Spirit, you want a billion times more than I do for these precious people, these precious lumps of pure gold to capture this and from this moment forward live from it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernland, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.